Howdy folks and welcome to episode 7 of the Trainer Mind podcast. My guest today is a good friend of mine, Mr. Scott Baptiste. Scott owns a company called Food for Fitness and his focus is recipes, it's coaching clients on nutrition and I love Scott's approach to not only business but serving his customers and clients. There's going to be lots of knowledge bombs dropped on this episode and I hope you enjoy it. Mr. Scott Bapti, how are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? <laughs> I am. I am surprisingly good. Yes, and obviously, I knew that you were on today, and I'm just—I was kind of backtracking many, many moons ago when we first kind of connected, and just got, gets me thinking that we're kind of like there's this small click of original OG social media UK fitness scene. Um, there's only a small handful, and um, you know, you are one of those people. I remember. Um, you transitioning into you know your business full time. I actually remember you popping by in in Vegas. I think it was 2011. You were over 12. there. Twelve. Was it twelve? Was it? Yeah. Was it? That was uh, twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was twelve, wasn't it? Yeah. It was Arnold's in two. No, it was Arnold's in Ohio in 2011. Um, it, yeah. It was, oh, no, was it that, was, no, that was 2012 as well. It was twice in the same year. It was Arnold's in Ohio 2012, and also um, Vegas. Olympia. Yeah. yeah. yeah Vegas. Eight years ago, man. Jesus Christ. Man. <laughs> so I, I kind of want to get started, Scott, um, because for those who don't know, you know, I've always loved your work, Scott. And I, one of the things that I always talk about with yourself is just your consistency of your message and your brand. And um, I think another great thing that if I was to, if someone was to ask me about Scott is that you just you get on with your own shit you don't get caught up in other people's and i think this is even more important this time of you know the time that we're in about people focusing on their own stuff um and not just getting caught up in kind of debates and arguments online with people that don't actually pay your bills if that makes sense yeah no uh, thank you i uh, appreciate the compliment and um also it kind of got me back to something that we spoke about before we went live with your transition in your business because you didn't you know you were kind of half in with the foods for fitness brand and then kind of also having a job so what was your kind of plan of action to go from you know your own business from uh, a full-time employed job how was your transition for that um the transition was rapid to be honest, and it was way quicker than I expected. So yeah, set the scene. I was working in project management nine till five, Monday to Friday, and the fitness lure was always there. I always wanted to work in the fitness industry in some shape or form, and I didn't know what it was going to be. Uh, and it started off as a blog, which was food for fitness, where I was posting workouts and recipes and that kind of thing. And then that led to me, um, being asked to do meal plans for friends and family and then their friends who would offer me some money and so on and it got to the point when uh there were a good amount of people offering me money for meal plans and i wasn't able to do this just in the evenings or weekends so went part-time at the desk job so only did three days there and then two days my own uh but then after three months i was turning down so many meal plans um, because I didn't have the time and it didn't make sense because I loved writing them at the time 
it was way more enjoyable than the desk job and I was turning away way more money than I would have been making the job uh, so that was the, the, that was it really realizing that I'm by continuing to have a job I'm losing money and you know you said it was pretty rapid I think that's kind of a very sensible thing to say go from full-time to part-time you know start building that up and then and then go to full-time um with with the business and you know a lot of people don't have that kind of strategy they're either never going to do it or they need to have a period of time or, or i would say of crisis to force them into doing something that they want to do and the reason i say that is and I, obviously i speak to a lot of people that want to do it but still don't do it and i was on the other end of the spectrum when in 2012 it was that i was made redundant and i had no other choice but to be kind of going right you're going to have to do this because this is what you want to do um and you know if you if you don't think of something quick you've got no money coming in so you've got to think quick and it was you know obviously the best thing that ever happened to me um but it's always kind of fascinating when you suddenly go from doing something that I, i think it's the mindset of doing something that you are paid for versus doing something that you want to do it, it naturally becomes a lot easier um because that passion is there and you know I, I never looked at work as kind of something that i'm passionate about it was just you know doing something to pay the bills i'd i'd say up until 2012 would you yeah would you, would you kind of agree with that definitely yeah i used to have the whole um you know dreading going to work on a monday and longing for the weekend and staring at the clock and um i never get that anymore obviously now there are some crappier jobs that you have to do but i never go oh god here we go monday again um and i think that makes such a difference it's just having like you said that passion for it and the whole you know if you love your job you never work a day in your life and so on um one point I do want to touch upon, and I know we're kind of circling back a little bit, but you mentioned there about having, you know, the well, I had this plan and this strategy rather than just going, right, I'm going to do this full time and not having a safety net. I think that is really important that people do really think about it and try and mitigate the risk. And a friend of mine who is now a professional photographer, um, previously he also had a day job and was doing photography like weddings at the weekend and so on and he obviously loved doing the photography and not so much his desk job and he told me that he would turn professional when he had a full year's salary from his previous job in his bank account and I've always remembered that because I thought that's a really great piece of advice is that he has that year safety net and he did go full-time he 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 didn't do this part-time he you know did pack it in but once he had that that safety net of savings there and i think that maybe is something for people who are thinking about perhaps changing their job or doing more of the fitness thing full time is just make sure you do have a little nest egg because it's not saying it's not setting yourself up for failure but it's nice to have that little safety net there should you need it I think you think a lot more logically when you've got that safety net there. I think when money becomes an issue of some people, they tend to do kind of crazy things. And, you know, the the strategies sometimes and the plans of action aren't always the best. And, you know, I'm, I was very kind of fortunate that I kind of, I think it comes more from my military background that when shit hits the fan, I kind of thrive. But I think it's because I've spent since the age of 17 kind of practicing for those kind of things um and obviously not, i can't always expect people to 
you know react the same where you know when bad things happen to them so to speak because it's something that you know was drilled into me from a young age um and you know a lot of people ask me oh you know what's the best thing to do and i i would say that you know have a safety net there and you are kind of mitigating that risk which which of course is important and you know the time that we're in now you're gonna have people who are going to have to make a choice either or really you're going to have people who literally have lost their job overnight or literally have gone from um you know full-time employment to to minimum employment and you might also have the lucky ones that have gone from work you know going to work to now being paid to stay at home and i think that's a great opportunity to do exactly what you um have said there where they've got more time on their hands and they should be more you know being a lot more productive with it mm-hmm. which kind of brings me on to the next um focus do you, do you have an office scott or do you do a lot of your work from home oh, i'm just i'm gesticulating but obviously if folk are listening to this they're not going to see the video feed uh i have an office at home um it's a separate building and that was actually one of the we moved in this house um almost two years ago and there's this what they call the bothy which is they the previous owners pretty much had it as a shed it was like a little garage um and that was one of the best things about this house for us was that i could convert it into a little office and just get away from the house but this is the only thing this is used for is what and the dartboards in here as well so that's a little bit of a distraction oh, but... you, you've got a dartboard hmm interesting are you any good i'm i'm okay i i, I say that because i've been having facetime games of darts with my brother yeah i saw uh, that i like that and um and it, and it's great because obviously you just put the phone up and you can play darts and it's all uh social distancing approved <laughs> which is pretty damn good so what well, when i obviously speak to you about is your routines with your homework because of course I've I've once again you know this is my home office uh, as well and a lot of people now have gone from you know going to work to working from home and I think a lot of people now are struggling to be productive at home and 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 most importantly to to get shit done uh, sometimes not necessarily work but just going right okay I, ha- I have this time I want to learn new things I want to get a routine so how do you kind of do it um at your place scott um, have you got any kind of tips that you can give the guys and girls in what it is that you do yeah so it's it's a little bit different for me now but when i was um working one-to-one with clients and doing meal plans and setting coaching plans and, and all that kind of stuff um i found it really advantageous to batch tasks and i use the dan sullivan strategic coach method which was you have three different types of days a focus day a buffer day and a free day and your focus days are the days when you do your big money making jobs so the really important stuff that you're getting paid for your buffer days are used to plan your focus days and maybe things like write the emails schedule your social media posts um follow up on any any leads or anything like that and then your free days are your free days um i think that's quite important because it gives you way more structure and flow as to what you're doing if you are thinking about writing the workout program or something you're doing a series of workout programs you're in that mindset you can get it done rather than doing okay i'll do a workout program and then i'll do some videos and then i'll create a recipe and whatever your days you just lose time so having that that kind of structure is really good um i also do the worst jobs on a monday 
So I get them out of the way at the start of the week, the hard things, um, the most time-consuming jobs, and the week gets easier as you go through, which, again, is something that I, I really like. So very um, much kind of eat that frog mentality. Exactly, eat that frog, 100%. Um, I also really like James Schramko's approach of uh, work less and make more, and I try and do that as much as I can. And it's all about being productive and not just being busy. Um and I think a lot of people are, feel obliged that between nine and five, they should be sat at their desk and working. But if I am done and I've done all my jobs for that day, I'll stop. If that's three in the afternoon or lunchtime, for example, I'm not just going to come and sit outside in the office and think, right, I should probably be working or what do I need to do? It's You just waste time. You're not just being busy, being busy. And you'll end up looking at facebook and wasting time so if you're done done go go out for the day that was again james ramco's thing is how do you make more money and it's he talks about you're having an effective hourly i know kind of gone off in tangents here but he talks about having you basically work out how many hours you work a month and how much you get paid so then that gives you an effective hourly rate and he says in order to make more money and to increase your hourly rate, you either you either work more and you get paid more, or you work less. Because if you work less, your or less hours, your hourly rate goes up. Um, so that kind of struck a chord with me, and I'm trying to almost work as little as possible, but the time that I am working, it's being productive. And I think that's important, but because it's a, a measurement and management of your time based on what's coming in and I I think that is so important because it's very easy and and, you know we put this back to a personal trainer that's working you know that it's exhausted because they're training 40 clients a week Um, you know and it's and that's quite easy to measure because you're you know you can measure that based on the number of sessions that you do but with regards to your work and a lot of what you do and what, what I do with content creation and blogs and you know and digital products and everything else like that they are very time consuming and yes you do need to block them out and and i love what you said with regards to how much you're worth per hour because tim ferris spoke about this and and it's something that i spoke about in my book and there was a couple of questions that you kind of ask yourself to try and understand where you currently are as in how much you're worth per um per hour and the questions are um, are quite interesting ones they're like right you have you get given a hundred pound voucher and you have to queue up to redeem it um, how long would you be happy to wait in the queue before you sacked it off so yeah. so that's one of the questions the other question is that um, you're traveling somewhere and um, you have an option of being able to pay a certain amount to half the time for the travel how much would you be willing to pay um, so it's all these kind of questions where you ask yourself stuff on how much time you're willing to save to invest in stuff and how much time you're willing to wait to receive something. And it's kind of four or five questions, which kind of then you take an average of it and say you're worth £90 an hour, which is quite interesting because then if you're doing some stuff that, um, you know, for example, somebody is mowing your lawn and they charge £10 an hour, it's, you know, what they say is it with regards to investment, you should be paying somebody else to do that. Yeah, because, otherwise you lose money by mowing your lawn. Yeah, and, and and obviously the crux in that is if you enjoy mowing your lawn, then of course do it because obviously we're not just thinking about money here, we're thinking about enjoyment too because there's lots of things that I do which I could get somebody else to do, but I do it because I 
I, I enjoy doing it. And I think that's uh, an important thing because that can be very difficult too, because if you enjoy doing a lot of stuff and it's making you become unproductive and is limiting your business, then that, you know, you have to kind of question those kind of things because there's, there's a few things I've passed over that I really enjoy doing, but I, I shouldn't be doing if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so you've had a bit of a transition, Scott, with your business. Of course, you know, we're talking back in 2012 when meal plans were the thing that people wanted. And, you know, I've seen a massive shift with digital products, with marketing, with being able to deliver products. You know, I remember my first kind of meal plans and, and, and training programs, I used to send them via uh, <laughs> via email to people. I remember checking in with clients on uh, Excel spreadsheets. And now, obviously, we've got the wonderful world of automation, click funnels, uh, and everything else like that. So how have you noticed a big shift in your business, would you say, over kind of the last five years of what your focus is about? Um my business got it it's changed quite significantly so um five years ago we would have been doing one-to-one in-person programming with people so we'd have met people and then written them a personal meal plan or training program so on and followed up face to face and done body fat composition and so on um and then with the oil downturn then that kind of made us because we're based in Aberdeen um, moved more to online to reach people who just weren't in Aberdeen so that ended up we sort of shifted to going fully online and did no face-to-face stuff at all um, so again there was more reliance on automation and ways to check in and, and so on um, but that is also now changed because now we don't do one-to-one stuff at all it's all inside our membership group so it's, it's one-to-many and Doing that, I think, is is way more effective for us because often you're telling the same person or a different person, sorry, the same thing. Whereas if you have them everybody in a group, you can not again forgetting about the social support network and all the advantages there. It's easy to get the information out. You're not telling the same thing over and over and over again. You put it in one place, and people can get the info there. Um, but yeah, things have have massively changed as well because so much of my work is now on creating recipes and they're all digital they're all digital ebooks and that is heavily reliant upon facebook advertising and email marketing and funnels and so on so it's yeah i'm essentially selling a product that doesn't exist you can't hold it in your hands it's all over over interwebs <laughs> yeah which you know has uh, i would say not many disadvantages because essentially they're non-tangible items but um that's essentially my business works in non-tangible it works in media it works in videos and images and ideas um and they can be very very valuable things and it, it's just uh it's, it's an i would say it's an amazing time we live in which some people really listen to go well jamie it's not not at the moment <laughs> and i said well yes i mean there's an opportunity in anything that happens and I think if anything, um, a lot of what 2020 has taught us is, is the value in a lot of things, which we took for granted. Um, and also the importance of having these kind of things in place as a coach. You know, the ability to, to build up an email list, to communicate effectively with your customers or clients and to be off, uh, you know, and, and the ability to offer multiple things and be willing to pivot and change. So there's gonna be a lot of people listening to this, Scott, that 
really want some tips and advice from kind of your experience with working online with clients, delivering products with clients. And what would you say would be the three real fundamentals that somebody new to all of this um, should be focusing on? I think the main one is, and this is based off a discussion I had with a pal of mine who um, trains people face-to-face up until obviously a couple of weeks ago. And that was don't make knee-jerk reactions and do something totally different to what you're normally doing. So if you have never written meal plans for people before, don't suddenly start offering online meal plans because it's not something you're comfortable with and there are lots more people who will do it better than you. They'll have been doing it for ages and will have really slick systems and you won't be able to compete with it. I think it would be find out ways to do what you're doing um, but take that online. So it's it's similar but again, and, and it's relevant and it's your own spin on it because that's why a lot of people choose you as a trainer as opposed to other trainers. They like you and they like what you offer. So don't try and copy other people or just see somebody who's got a huge following and then do exactly the same as you. I mean, you do like short, funny videos and if somebody isn't that funny and his video editing is terrible, if they start trying to do it, it would be so off brand. I mean, just because you do it and you've got a big following and it works for you, it might not work for them. So don't do that. Be yourself, be true to yourself and think about, again, like we talked about the time and cost element, like the amount of time you'd have to put into, say, creating an online membership platform. Is it really worth it in the long run? Or are you best just creating a Facebook group in the meantime, getting everybody in there, sharing ideas, doing lives for them in the Facebook group, um, and that sort of thing. So I, I know it's not three things, but I think that's the big one to really think about is, is or maybe that is three things. Be true to yourself. Don't do any knee-jerk uh, reactions and yeah, don't try and copy what other people are doing. And I think you can emulate, emulate other people, but don't copy. Yeah, and I think that's important. I mean, we all get ideas from other people, and it depends where you get these ideas from. I mean, if we're looking at just a random example, TikTok as a platform, the whole platform is is based on copying people. It's based on trends. It's based on seeing ideas and doing the same similar things just in your own way. And I'm like, I'm personally a big fan of that because obviously ideas. You know, ideas are nothing without action. Um, I'm always fascinated by people who literally copy something, uh, you know, and, and in the past I've had people copy literally my, the same images and copy on things like Facebook ads, which are just like, well, yeah, it's not something that I'm going to get angry with. I'm just like surprised that people just don't understand that, you know, that's not the, the, se- the secret isn't in what it is that you kind of produce. The secret is in being yourself and have that's what you have to offer to the market and i think that's what's important this time where you have um a lot of a lot of people who have just suddenly gone from as you said 40 odd clients a you know a week to nothing and then suddenly realizing that they need to focus online and then they're looking at people who do the online stuff like the joe wicks of the world and thinking well i'm not gonna i don't want to do fucking mountain climbers uh in my in my living room it's like well no you don't necessarily need to do that you just need to think about what it is that you you know you offer your clients and try and find alternatives at the moment to do that and I think when it comes to uh, training and that you can achieve the same results 
at home um, as long as you're willing to understand the, the the things that you're going to need to be able to do that you know if you are teaching strength and conditioning and you're a powerlifting coach um, and you train powerlifters you know that's going to be very hard to to do for a long period of time unless they have certain tools at home to be able to do that yeah. um, but for example say you are a powerlifting coach rather than saying okay i'm going to start writing those clients online meal plans what you could do is do a podcast about powerlifting do if you are fortunate and the, the powerlifting coach has a gym in their house in their garage or whatever do tutorials create a video course about powerlifting it's you know staying true to themselves doing what they're an expert in and again putting their own spin on it yeah and i think that's important um i I was having a conversation with someone yesterday about this and looking at this as a longer game and the fact that you might not be able to deliver your product which you normally have been delivering but that doesn't mean that you can't deliver uh, a certain element of value to your audience you know if you are a powerlifting coach now is a great time to start looking back over lots of different things i mean i love the fact that you know i've got a friend tony um who is a uh, you know he's a um, olympic silver medalist and he's been very much his his business he has two gyms he's focused on home workouts in there but one thing i love about his content is he revisits classic boxing fights and then breaks down <laughs> the um the techniques and everything else like that and i'm thinking Man, do you know what? If I'm trying to build up um, know, like, and trust from my audience, if I'm trying to build up that value to my audience, I know that the people that follow me are just as passionate about boxing as I am. So they will literally love you going above and beyond to kind of curate this awesome content. And I think there's there's so there's something very powerful in, in being able to curate good quality content. I mean, I can only imagine the amount of people that probably speak to you, Scott, and say, what are your top five books? And what mm. they're asking is somebody that they, you know, they trust that if they're going to, you know, recommend those five, then it's going to be worth their, you know, worth their salt in reading. Um, and, and I think that's an important thing as a coach and that is to realize that this is a time to give value to your audience. Sometimes you can't deliver the product, but that doesn't mean you, you know, you can't deliver the value. So start thinking outside the box with what it is that you're going to deliver to people, because I think it's a great opportunity at the moment more you know everyone's online everyone is bored and everyone wants something to do so this is a really a time for you to get get creative with that and and kind of think outside the box yeah. um, you can also make people happy like you don't need to be telling them to do home workouts and jump around their living room you can provide content that makes them laugh makes them feel a bit more positive gives them ideas for things that they can do at home things that they can learn more about you so they become a, a, a key member of your tribe so that when if you've built up that trust and that likability and almost that friendship with these people when you do go back to whatever it was you were doing you're probably going to find that they are more likely to sign up or stick around for longer yeah exactly and it adds to a quote which i love is that people sometimes um will forget you know what you said but they'll never forget how you made them feel and Mm. i think that's important by using this time where you know there's a lot of people with high anxiety and if you're that go-to person who whenever they tune into your channels they leave feeling better than when you know you found them then that's always a a fantastic strategy speaking of which how did your iron brew recipe 
PDF go yesterday? Me, it was just a joke. I know. <laughs> it wasn't a real thing. It was just it was just the cover. It wasn't a real recipe book. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, it, to be honest, I was really disappointed with it. I won't call it a flop, but normally when I post Iron Brew stuff or McDonald's, everybody loves it. And uh, yeah, it was weird. Not a lot of people saw it. Like folk who did see it, they were like, this is amazing, hilarious. But I think I got screwed over by the algorithm. I think Facebook and Instagram thought it was an actual product. Um, I don't know how it did that, but I think they thought it was an advert, so it didn't get that much reach, which I was gutted about because I thought it was quite amusing. I thought I thought it was good because um, for those who don't know, like Scott, Scott's got some incredible recipe books, and he, as obviously yesterday was the first of April, being April Fools, he did a Iron Brew recipe PDF, and I thought brilliant. Um, which is, of course, why I asked him, but um, I, I did. After you sent me that, I, I was like, I haven't thought about anything about April Fools. I thought, you know, it's kind of a sensitive time to be playing jokes on people. But I thought this is actually the most important time to be, you know, making people laugh. And I always do this thing on Facebook where you can put this link in, which if someone clicks on it, it goes back to their own profile. Right. So I did a long post to say I can't. I, I'm not one to usually call people out, but the the way that this person has spoken to me has has been um in one word disgusting um i'm not i'm not open for name and shaming but i'm gonna have to send you um the link to their profile as soon as you click on it you'll know the kind of person they are and basically whenever someone clicks on it it goes to their own profile so they kind of shit themselves and think what have i said what have i said um and i would say 90 percent of people um understood that it was a uh, an april falls uh, and i think 10 percent didn't get it and was really worried and then i had a long long email from someone um basically saying you call yourself motivational and yet you you call me out on your page and and i was just like wow and i, I responded nicely i just said um it just it's the first of april um april fool <laughs> it's just like whoa so yeah it is a it is a strange time it is a very strange time so scott i want to talk about digital marketing now because of course you've got a lot of coaches that suddenly want to start thinking about digital products now uh delivering digital products creating digital products um and i was just wondering whether you could give some tips on on creating things how how what is your kind of process for your recipe books um how do you kind of focus on um that creation and is there any kind of secret tools that you could recommend uh, people check out uh, with regards to creating it because you, you have a lot of people who are creative you know they're canva king so to speak but then you also i see some people who also have a canva account and they go what do you what do you think of my social media posts and i'm like yeah, you really need to get somebody else to do to do that. Yeah. So is there any kind of go-to tools that you use or could recommend people who are looking to create things online? Yeah, but the deal is, once we talk about this, we've got to talk more about the delivery because that's more of the exciting parts yeah. is, the, yeah. is the marketing side. But creating for me, it's, it's, it's recipes. So it's kind of straightforward. I know what I need to do. I know what a recipe is. I need to go and get ideas and, and make new recipes. But for... Other people, um, I think some of the key things are, is it actually useful? Like, would somebody buy and go, yeah, this is actually helpful. I'm glad I bought it. Or would they go, wow, I can't believe I just spent, you know, 15 quid on this workout program that I could have just got for free on 
bodybuilding.com or whatever. So make sure what you're doing actually has value and will improve the person's life. Um, again, make sure it's on brand. So if you are a powerlifting coach and you've never done recipes, don't try and do a recipe book. That will just be daft. Um, once you say you've got a good idea and you're putting it into practice, make it look good. Don't just you know type up Times New Roman in a Word document and save it as a PDF and just stick a photo on it. You can get people so you know to do excellent quality jobs for a really low price, like on Fiverr and Upwork and and these marketplaces. When and they can design it and it'll look great and it'll be on brand and it'll have nice colors and so on. Uh, and that just makes it just appear to be a much higher quality product and people will be happier with it so yeah stick to on brand don't do stuff that you'd never normally do and make sure it looks good um and ask a few people's opinions because obviously you're going to be biased and think yours is is the best yeah it might look terrible yeah and i I think that is important you know is is to send it to a few people and get their honest um responses but as you know scott i mean creating the product is only half of the journey with regards to it and i think one of the biggest things i see with a lot of people is that they you know they create something quite quickly and then they instantly go right it's available buy um and of course as we know when it comes to marketing we need a little bit more focus with strategy uh with regards to that so obviously um you do launches very much like myself um and uh you very much focus on building up an interest doing a launch doing an offer so is there any kind of advice that you could give someone who's never done anything kind of market wise the basic fundamentals of what they should be focusing on when they have this product now and they want to kind of sell it to the market yeah give do something related to it for for free and give that away to you know what people's appetites so let's say you're doing a 30-day home workout program when you've done 30 days of workouts with videos and so on and so forth rather than just saying hey guys buy my workout program what you could do is take a small part of it and give away for free like a seven day workout program all you need to do is give your email address and then from there again assuming that you followed what we said before as in making it look really good and making it worthwhile and so on there's a good chance if somebody downloads a seven-day program they'll pay more to get a 30-day program or a 90-day program and so on so whatever it is you're selling make a free version a smaller free version of it to get people's interest because that is also much easier to advertise on facebook or uh, google ads or instagram or wherever to if you're doing an advert to a free product and then from there once you've got the email address you can sell an email to the pay product rather than just going to cold traffic and be like hey guys i know i've never sold anything on the internet in my life but go buy this product from me it's just not going to happen yeah um, i think that's, it is so important because um it, it's essentially try before you buy and a lot of people want to experience what it's like before they invest in it um mm-hmm. and i think as well with the fitness industry um, it's very emotional purchases usually um, when it comes to stuff that's going to have an impact on their life positively um, because they need to have an element of commitment to that and it obviously depends on the product um, you know if it's a fat loss product for example such as my challenge uh, people need to be in the right mindset because it's not just a case of committing to purchase it it's committing to purchasing it and then 
being consistent with it for two months so it's uh, sometimes a bit of a, a longer thought process than potentially just buying a single product for for one use or for yeah for, for multiple uses so i think it's just understanding your audience and what it is that your overall offer is going to be um and I, I think that's um a really important thing yeah i think also to have again it's harder when you're first starting out but not to just have one product and having multiple products that are related to the same thing so you can offer order bumps and upsells to increase the value of that product um because again if you want to make more money you either need to sell to more people or sell to the same people but more often or increase the total value of the car like amazon you know people who bought this bought this or add it on for 50 percent and so on so using the example of say you did a 30-day workout program and that's what you're selling you could offer people an upsell of you could increase it you could do a 90-day program or you again if you did do nutrition as something that you offered as well you could do a 30-day meal plan or 30-day foods challenge or something that complements the original offer um or you could again let's say you're selling an ebook you've written about training and so on an order form bump or an upsell could be an audio version of it so you know, for 50% off what you normally sell. Again, so it's just, you're giving people other options and you're not ramming it down your, their throat, but you're just allowing them to get more value really if it's a quality product and increase the overall car value. Yeah, and I love what you do with your recipe books. I mean, you 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 release a couple of recipes and they're fantastic recipes and that's a great thing because if someone goes and, and makes that and they enjoy it, then they're not going to blink at, getting the you know the rest of the meals which is fantastic give them i also make sure that some of the ones that i give away are probably like the best recipes um and you give the best ones away free you obviously there are some other and again best depend it's all taste preference like if you don't like pork you're not gonna think a pork recipe is the best one but i give some of the best recipes away to show people that's the kind of standard you can get um and then for me like the upsells and so on i talked about are the other recipe books i've done six so when you buy the sixth one for example you can add on books one to five for 60 percent off and you can't get that offer anywhere else it's only if you take it then so again it's things like the scarcity principle and so on and, and fomo um and then from there it allows you to add on uh, a meal plan to what you bought using the recipes from the book so it's it's a logical value ladder like a, a product flow it doesn't just say okay you want some recipes cool how about buying my mindset book because <laughs> yeah, they go yeah, like yeah. Wait, wait hang on what's the mindset book got to do recipe that makes <laughs> no sense yeah and, and you know if you're thinking about selling home workouts um a great kind of upsell for that could be a home workout band or etc etc and there, there are many different ways that you can do that you don't need to necessarily um be able to produce the bands but you could then you know, I think actually it was you, Mr. Bapti, actually, who re who recommended maybe a year ago to me Amazon Associates. Yeah, that um, was me. <laughs> it, it was indeed. Um, Credit claimed. <laughs> and, and, and that's fantastic for me because, of course, for those who don't know what Amazon Associates is, it's basically um, an affiliate for uh, Amazon, which you can literally go onto the database, search anything on there, and then create a short link. So as soon as someone goes through that link and purchases it, purchases it you get a kickback a beautiful thing also is that they store the cookies for 24 hours so if anyone buys anything on amazon 
um, within that 24 hour period, then you also get a kickback. And I remember getting yeah. about, I remember getting about four pound fifty on a fridge once, which I was pretty pretty happy yeah. with. Which clicks is... in a link for your eight pound book buys two grand telly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always good because if they're going to purchase it anyway, they might, you might as well get a um, kickback from it. And you know, I, I think that's a great thing to be able to, as we said, curate all of that information. You can still make a a, a good healthy profit um, from that. And of course. You know, I've been a, a huge advocate of Scott's books. I've been an affiliate on those books as well. And um, that's great. I'm a top affiliate, man. Not just uh, an affiliate, top but, affiliate. Oh, there we go. And, 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 it's, and it's very easy to do because when you have a good quality product, which you know your audience will, you know, their lives will improve, so to speak. You know, they're going to have tastier recipes, more ideas. Then it's, a, it's an easy thing to kind of partner in because both parties do well my audience get great recipes um and of course i do well for mix i get a little bit of a kickback too um, that's it I, that's the whole thing but we I, we've kind of missed this and we were talking there about you know product creation and so on the easiest thing rather than creating your own product is to affiliate for someone else's so find i mean clickbank is for anyone who doesn't know clickbank is the sort of the place to go to affiliate products and you might find a lot of the stuff, admittedly, is garbage, but <laughs> yeah. you might find some really, really good home workout programs, nicely filmed and edited and so on, um, that you can recommend. If it is a product you actually believe in, then you can recommend it. And you can sometimes get 90% commission for, for repairing these things. Um, and that's a way to do it if you don't have the idea yourself, but you are, it is something you actually believe in. Yeah, and I, I think... Uh, uh, an analogy which I've given is um, is about Calvin Harris, the DJ, and the whole point in in it is that in Vegas he got paid a million dollars a night uh, to DJ. So basically, he was getting paid a million dollars to spin other people's records. Um, and and it's the way that I kind of explain that is to be a to be a DJ in your own profession of being able to be very good at spinning other people's tracks and making money from it. Because if those tracks are good and people want to hear them um and they come from you then that's valuable information um and especially if you are an authority that doesn't look at people as competition you look at people as do you know what i give a shit about my audience and i want them to have the best stuff and i know that that person's got a better product than me or i know that person can do that better than me um so it actually makes better sense to jump out and reach out to that person and say, how can my, how can I get that in front of my audience, but also make a little bit from it as well? Because, yeah. because that's a win-win then because you're, you're making money off somebody else's product, but you know that it's great and your audience are going to benefit from it. And I think that's a real important thing during this time to focus on because a lot of people will, re- and we're looking at influencers and everything else. A lot of people just recommend stuff because they've been given a paycheck for it. And they haven't actually done their kind of due diligence on the product being any good. And I think that's where a lot of problems have uh, risen when it comes to online marketing because people aren't really thinking about their audience and, you know, opening the doors to um, good products. They're just opening the doors to their own bank balance. Um, yeah. So that, I think that's an important one. So finally, Scott, what's your focus during... Uh, this time what is kind of your focuses um, day-to-day at the moment with all of this madness going on and um, what is your what what have you got lined up for the rest of the year I'll be like I'm not gonna be one of those 
No, but you're like, oh, mate, big thing's coming. <laughs> bring, bring the best package to the stage ever. Uh, whenever we used to compete, best package. It's, it's kind of weird. Um, I am just pretty much doing the same same as. Um, creating recipes, um, trying to post content that people find funny, amusing. Uh, just trying not be... Just trying to put a positive spin on things, to be honest. Um, and I find just now I'm having to stop reading the news because it's getting me down um, and it's making me not worried, but I'm just, you read it and you don't feel good as a result of it. So I'm wanting to create content for people that makes them feel good when they see it. Um, totally out with fitness. One of my huge passions is gardening. Uh, which is never never posted about because again it's kind of off brand so I don't really post about it I sometimes do cheeky insta stories from a polytunnel and the gardeners do love it but uh, yeah time of year warming up I'm out in the garden more so I'm trying to be productive like I said get most of my stuff done so I can get out and you know what kind of have you got an allotment have you um We've got a vegetable garden, yeah. We've got um, like a 12-bed vegetable garden, greenhouse, polytunnel, um, and a, quite a big flower garden too. So, yeah, everything. Oh, man. That's awesome. And, and you know, you can do that in the comfort of your own home as well, which is a, kind of a win-win. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think, again, fortunate to stay in the country. That is really lucky that we're able to get outside and... To be honest, we don't really see people that often anyway. Um, so it's for us. I think, again, it's just bus- business as usual at the moment. <laughs> yeah, professional hermit. Uh, that's me. Awesome. So, Scott, where can people get your books? I think um, I, I love your books. I love the recipes. And I think it's great for people to have those um, recipes themselves. But also look at the quality in the books and, and the effort that's been put in and um, to kind of learn from you with regards to that. Is there any links that you can share with us? Um, so Thanks, can... Matt. you got to put your affiliate link in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. You'll have it edited out. I'll be like, I think you should go to boop. Uh, and then you'll put your link. No, thehighproteinhandbook.com uh, is where you can get them. They're all digital. I recommend the sixth one and then add on mix one to five. <laughs> Take exactly. the offer Take and it. you'll get hundreds of recipes. But the big thing about them is they've all got a barcode so you can scan it into your food diary and that's a thing that a lot don't have so if you are fitness fitness enthusiasts and you track macros and so on then they're for you so thanks for letting me give that shout out yeah awesome well scott thank you ever so much for coming on the training one podcast thanks for having me mate take care stay healthy 